Episode 289, The Rant, Jarrell Harris, Texas Two-Step, Coach, Trainer, Impact One. From Texas to Tampa to Long Island, basketball has been there. In this pod, we chop it up with Jarrell to talk about his love of basketball in Texas, going to prep school, playing at the University of Tampa, transferring to Dowling College, and training at a high level with Impact One. All that and more, my conversation with Jarrell, now. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref. I'm with a super special guest via Long Beach, a place where I always parked. It was crazy. Like, when you gave me the address, I didn't even realize that it was. But basketball trainer, of course, former basketball player on the collegiate level. I'm trying to think. AU coach, uh, originally from Texas, right? Dallas, Texas. Oh, Dallas, Texas. Originally. I love Erica Badu. We didn't talk about that. Yeah, but that's also, my girl. Also owner and creator of the, uh, the training conglomerate with Andre Brown, who's been on The Rant Impact One. Mr. Jarrell Harris, a.k.a. Texas, a.k.a. Texas Two-Step. What's good, man? What up, what up, what up? What's <laughs> like that good? intro? Yes, sir. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. So, glory. first of all, I want to thank my wife for letting me out on Thanksgiving so I could do this because <laughs> told me you was going to be available. So, I figured that we'd do it. So, you know, happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy wife, happy life. Happy yeah, Thanksgiving man. to and, both of you. And you just got a FaceTime call. Are you going to Connecticut after this? <laughs> just, just, that was very random. It's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people that want me in a lot of places. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to just do what I can. That's all I can do. I'm really sad because my, uh, my night plans got derailed. I'm a Ravens fan. So, that game got canceled. And, you know, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Cowboys fan. So, suck it up. Well, right. I... You want him? You want him? My prediction: Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Who? The coronavirus. <laughs> the coronavirus is going to win the Super Bowl for sure, right? And I think they're going to win they're the like national. Evil. They're going to win the national championship <laughs> for football and basketball. They're going to win. They're going to win three chips in like two months. Undefeated. Crazy, crazy. It's undefeated right now. So for sure. You know we've been we've been running around each other. I mean, obviously, I repped you like two months ago until they shut down the gym, and and obviously, right. it's it, that's probably appropriate yeah. to do. And now we're doing like these little pockets of training. Right. So I was, you, I was playing with my left hand, by the way. I'm right-handed. Just, yeah. Just, you know, this is hand. video of Larry Bird playing left-handed <laughs> uh, against the Blazers like early on in his career. But um, we'll talk about that later. But, you know, I think the coronavirus has 
presented you challenges, especially like from on the training side, you know, I, I want to know, how, first of all, how are you holding up with all of this Corona, this craziness? How is your family holding up? And let's go back to March. When was that moment that you took all of this like really serious? So actually, it, it actually goes back further than that. We did our first Impact One event in November at Uniondale High School. So that's when we kind of started gravitating towards just kind of uh, jumping out there on our own as far as me and Andre. So he he jumped in the next month. He moved back to New York and we said we're going to do this thing full fledged and just kind of relied on our basketball contacts to put us in great positions which which proved to be very beneficial. At the time, I was working at I was running my own gym, and he was running Core Four facility in um, in Atlanta, Georgia. Paul and, and yours was in Dallas. So originally in Dallas, around like 2017, I started working at Mo Williams Academy. Okay, never broke again. Favorite best best <laughs> NBA tattoo ever. Or 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 yes, got a chance to get in. You know their little basketball family just doing some training at the facility to start. Like I said, me and Andre were in like similar positions. After that, I left Dallas and then I was in Florida. That's mm. when I was running a pickup USA fitness, which is kind of like an up and coming kind of more corporate type of gym. Same thing, skill development. It was a black owned facility. So um, definitely loved that my time there. And, and just to, just to put some context into it, I did sit down with Andre, I'd say around January, and this is when he just okay. left Core Four, and then he was came back to. And you know, right. I'm from Uniondale too, so we have that connection together as well. Got you, got you. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So as far as the coronavirus, um, like I said, we started in November. He moved in December. Interview with you in January. It was just crazy because it just moved our timeline up. It just gave us the little kick in the butt, like, okay, like let's do this now rather than later. You know, I remember having the conversation with him in December, like, okay, yeah, I think I'm going to move. I'm going to transition back into New York probably around, you know, April, you know, or something like that, you know. And then April ends up turning to like June, just like, you know, tying up loose ends or whatever, trying to make the transition as smooth as possible during, you know, the middle of a pandemic. Right. So... Like I said, we were just kind of in alignment with the things that we wanted to do. It just proved to be um, very beneficial to us to to kind of just move the timetable up. Like I said, uh, there's no right way to do this to kind of navigate a pandemic. Yeah. Like this is this is unheard of, right. you know, for everyone. Right. So um, just kind of leaning on purpose, you know, um, and being as impactful as I possibly could in the time and space that I could wherever I was. Right. It's, it's been a struggle for sure. We've been all over the place trying to find a gym. It's definitely been great for sure. I find it interesting that the time that you came, the coronavirus definitely leveled everything. Right. Yeah. So you think about if you were going to do this in normal times, it would have been like, OK, we don't got gym space by virtue of like there's practices here. There's games happening here. Right. Now it's like, OK, the rims are off. And all that. So a lot of people had to pivot to outside. And before it'd be like, especially like in the training world, it's like it's we're bougie. Right. We like we like indoors. We like <laughs> we like the wood. Right. But then it's like, right, bro, there's been outdoor parks this whole time. So just talk about, you know, running everything 
just outside and doing different th- different things, right? Just kind of like being a training vagabond this right. summer. So, yeah, basically this summer, I've absolutely, I'm not bougie at all. <laughs> Probably the most humble guy you'll ever meet. Like, I'm out there doing whatever makes sense. So it's like, you know, doing at-home workouts, doing, you know, stuff at parks, doing stuff at, you know, gym space when I can find it, when it makes sense. And Andre's, you know, the same type of way, really, honestly. Uh, we're just going to we're going to grind it out, you know, however it makes sense. It's like, what what else can you do? You know, it's like you're you're fighting for your livelihood every day. But at the same time, the type of work that we do, it doesn't it doesn't you don't really feel like that. Right. You know, like with our company, you know, mental health is so, such an important thing to us like just being mental health advocates so it's like when I take the time out to like yeah I'm training someone as far as like you know basketball skills and, and life like that but like I always do like a mental health check-in with with whoever I'm you know his clients as well so it's like I'm just trying to add as much value in whatever space that I can mm-hmm. to, to help another person just because I know what it's like to be you know in those in those moments in life where it's like, oh my gosh, like, where do I go? Where do I turn? Or, you know, like just not knowing, you know, or having unhealthy thoughts before, you know? So, um, we've both directly experienced, you know, mental health issues due to, you know, life events happening. Mm -hmm. So it's like, that's something that we really kind of hang our hat on, you know, just kind of leaving the world better than, it was before and helping people through those tough moments. Yeah. And you never really know when they're going to hit. I have a real quick, funny story. Um, I went to university of Tampa. So obviously when I was living back in Florida in Tampa, Florida, I was training one of their players at the time he was getting ready to go um, overseas. Um, I believe he's in Germany right now. I'm not going to say his name or anything, but um, actually his, um, his father passes away, like, right as we're getting ready to, like, do a workout. His fa- I knew his father had been in um, in the hospital, and it's like, literally, he walks in, and he's ready to, you know, do his workout for today, you know, kind of get himself prepared. He just, he gets a phone call, and he drops his basketball. He just comes over and just, like, hugs me. And I'm like, what's going on? You know, like... Not to say that I knew the guy, you know, super well, but, you know, in that space and time, like, I just, it's like your body kind of just goes on autopilot and it's just like, you just want to, you know, console a person in, at, at that time and, and really trying to help them to, through a tough moment. So, um, it's crazy how these like moments like gravitate towards us now, like more and more. It's like, I don't know if they gravitate towards us more and more or if we're just more consciously aware yeah. of the things that are going on. Right. You know, me and Dre talk about it all the time. It's like, you know, we're doing something random, you know, going to the grocery store and, you know, someone's having this like epic life event. And it's just like, wow, like this, like gravitate, like, oh, you're having a baby right now? Like, it literally happened to me. I was going to his house literally like two weeks ago, and someone stops me right in the street as I'm about to walk into his house. He's like, yeah, um, my uh, wife's in labor. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, like that's great. So, you know, you just try to pause, take that time out to be as, you know, mindful of the moment as you possibly can and give them the most words of wisdom 
to kind of, you know, just give them that push and that refreshing energy. You know, and it's crazy because when you instill that into other people, it finds a way to just kind of gravitate, gravitate towards back to you. You know, I truly love the work that we're doing now. And it's just like it, it doesn't even feel like work. You know, it just feels like being in alignment and just on a cloud that's just kind of just gliding. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. So like even just like, you know, so like last week. Yeah, you had you had Jordan Riley, who's who's a top prospect here in New York, and he's yeah. going to go to Georgetown. And Absolutely. you know, just just seeing that, I remember I got a phone call from Mike Kaplan, maybe like eleven thirty, and I'm thinking like, all right, I'm going to go deep into the night. I got some work to do. He's like, yeah, they're going to come there at uh, seven. No, they made it six, and it's like, you know, you're in the same space that I am, right? Yeah. We, it don't matter. Yeah. Just like that's, this is, this go. is what we do. Right. Yeah. And, you know, going back to the coronavirus, everything has been so challenging is that, you know, aside from everything like sky falling, people dying, people getting it, you know, everything is so normalized now because it seems like one prolonged tragedy. Right. And we're just trying to get through the next day. One thing I'll say about the coronavirus, aside from it being an equalizer, whether you've lost your job, whether you've got a positive case, whether you've lost a loved one, whether you've you know lost your life, everyone has been affected by it somehow. And you mm -hmm. can't really say, um, OK, well. You're going through it, but I'm. Everyone is going through it, whether Absolutely. it's positive or negative. It's you're there some is there is an effect towards yeah. it. You've taken some type of step backwards. You, you find know? some solace that you know we we have gone through it. You know this whole time from March and and everything has definitely changed. I remember you know I was just even talking about the parking spot that I have like you know a couple of yards away when it's during the summertime. I I didn't think that the beach was going to happen. Right. You know what I'm saying and. You know, the other shooter drop was like, you remember when they had that little super spread event when all them kids from the city came and they, all the cops came? Yes, I do. That was a blessing in disguise for me. You know why? Because beach people like me, we get the front. I, I got my pass. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm good. So the whole summer, I want to say like from July, August, there was nobody there. Yeah. And it was the best thing. Yeah, just because they had 2,000 people on the beach. Thank in, you. In one day. Thank you. I want to... I want to know from from this whole time from Long March. Beach residents hate that, by <laughs> including including myself, because I'm a person that that is a defender of this place. Yeah. What do you, you think know. you learned about yourself during this whole time of coronavirus? Oh man, just you know, patience. You know, you're a lot more resilient than you think you are. You know, and that's a lesson that I've learned throughout life, and it's like reoccurring. It's like, I don't know, I, I compare everything to basketball, but I remember I actually went to prep school in Maine, right? Bridgeton Academy, 2009, you know, NEPSAC champions. Here we go. <laughs> we'll get into all of these exploits. No, uh, shout out to Coach Witt, man. Uh, I, I met some some great people while I was there in Maine, for sure. Which is funny because my actual roommate was Malik Stith mm -hmm. um, from St. John's. And him and Dre are like super tight. That's that's kind of how we kind of started our our relationship. Just you know, hooping in the gym, export fitness one day, and uh, it's like you know you get to chopping it up. Oh, you went to Bridgeton. I went to Bridgeton. You know, it's like it's crazy how small the world is. Here I go off on a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> what did you learn about yourself, Jabril? Um, Like I said, I learned learned so much. Like I said, resiliency is such a reoccurring theme. It's like running. That, that's what I was getting to. So 10, we used to do this drill where you do 10 sprints. You got to make it back in a minute, like a partner running type of thing. 
and we did. You had to do ten sets of them. It was the first time I've ever done this much running. So we did literally doing like a hundred sprints, and you're like going all out full speed, right? And uh, you know, whenever your partner comes back and tags you, you, that's when you take off and go, right? I literally just remember running until I could not feel my legs anymore, and it's like. Oh my goodness, like I really can't feel my legs, but it's like your mind just pushes you to a place where it's like, okay, I have to keep going, you know, like I have to find a way to keep going. And if I find a way to be negative or something in any type of space, it's like it spreads like a cancer and you, you just, whatever you're trying to accomplish, it just, it, it, it's a mental block. It, it, it that's what it ends up becoming. So it's like you just try to do the best that you can with the things that you can control. So control the controllables. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good way to go. And, you know, I was even thinking about when we was I haven't been here in a while. So like when it comes to the summer, I'm literally here every day. So I'm definitely going to hit you up. <laughs> but when it's not, I'm never here. So I'm definitely going to take my camera. I'm going to go on the boardwalk and be like, yo, this is I, I love this place. And, you know, just appreciate that. And just to further your point. You are your thoughts, right? So sure. if 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 you think like, and I always say this because it's funny. I just posted that it's like uh, your thoughts pave your way for your future. So true, man. So like, you know, everyone considers me like a, a, an elite writer. I am right because I feel like I am. Yeah, I know that I am. Right, I act like I am. Right, and when I write, that's how I always conduct it. Yeah, you have to. Now, if that. you if you already have in your mind like, well, I can't write as good as you, like. You put that parameter on yourself. Right. The I didn't say limits, nothing about me. Uh, that's a fact. The only limits are the ones you place on yourself. For right. Sure. So if you say like, oh, I'm not good at math. Okay. Well, you, you definitely won't get good at math. The first step is like saying, nah, I'm going to get this until I get good at math. Right. And that's you know similar with basketball. Like, oh, I can't make that move. I, I mean, look, Steph Curry. Right. Proof. Right. Absolutely. Rejuvenated his jump shot. 10th grade. Mm-hmm. Changed his whole mechanics and got it until he got it. Yeah. And respect that. Right. So it's the yeah. same thing. But. You know, I want to get back to you. The mind is really like soil, you know, it's like in order for it to be fertile, you know, for things to grow, like you have to lay that groundwork, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like you trying to plant something in some old raggedy dirt. It it ain't soil, you know, it's like and you're wondering why things aren't growing the way that they should, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's like you really have to take that time out to kind of revamp your mind or, you know, unlearn and relearn certain mm-hmm. things, you know? Yeah. And and it's so important on a day-to-day basis, yeah. honestly. And at the so end of the day, there's another day. Let's, let's let's go back in the day. So And every day. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. I, I see the, the, the Texas elongation going on over here. And all I'm saying is, you know, every day has prepared you for today. 100%. I like this guy. Let's get this guy involved. Maybe we should make something about like uh, fortune cookies from Texas. Anyway, um, you know, let's talking about back in the day and just, you know, your whole come up of, of basketball. Talking about that. Just talk about where you grew up. What did you play growing up? What did you play in middle school, high school and college? Okay, so middle school. Dallas, Texas, right? Dallas, Texas. Absolutely. Lived there all the way through high school. Um, middle school, I was uh, playing basketball, of course. A little bit of like, you know, rec soccer or some football here and there. And then um, baseball, big baseball kid. So growing up, like jumping into batting cages, you know, big donuts on my bat, you know, trying to like catch 60 mile an hour balls. Like my dad was a big baseball guy. So, yeah, baseball was really like super big. High school, 
by high school, I was just playing basketball by then, uh, giving up football. Probably that was the last thing. A little bit of quarterback, tight end, nothing crazy. Why didn't you gravitate towards football? Because I know it's OD in Texas. Football is king in Texas, let me tell you. Yeah, man, you know, just got lit up one time, you know? <laughs> <laughs> or did somebody go, yeah. oh, my God, you're tall. You should play back. Because I hate Listen. I coach a volleyball team, right? Yeah. These girls have no interest in playing basketball, a lot of them. <laughs> so when these when these basketball coaches come in, and look, I'm in the basketball world. I, I could say, like, okay, you probably have t- potential. Yeah. These girls are girly girls. Like, yeah. they, don't want, they don't want none of that. <laughs> they don't want to wear spandex. They don't want to wear shorts. So Hey, don't put no limits on them girls. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. What I'm saying is if they don't want to do it, that's a different story. No, that's but, a fact. But you know how it always goes. It's like, oh, Jarrell is tall. Yeah. Let's get him to dunk. So, no, it, it was definitely like that. So from middle school to high school, let me see. I walked around middle school, maybe like 5'8". Um, maybe like eighth grade, maybe like five ten, something like that. You know, by ninth grade, I walked into South Grand Prairie High School about six five and changed. Wow! Over the summer, so it was a lot of that change in my game. You know, it's like I kind of been a a guard, but chubbier at the time. You know, like bigger guys, so I could do some like post up stuff. I remember, you know. Studying tape of, you know, Mike Jordan, of course. Some of my favorite players, Steve Francis, back in the day. I, I'll never forget this. One of my coaches told me, is he's like, yo, who's who's somebody you like? You know, who's somebody you mess with? I'm like, yo, Stevie Franchise, the franchise. He's like, yo, you're taller than him now, so you, you, you got to get a new player. <laughs> you, you talk about the, the Rockets version, right? Not yeah. the Okay. My, my man was Moochie. I love Moochie, man, because I, I, I had the fro. Moochie Norris is our guy, too. Yeah, yeah, I love him. That was the squad. It was. You know, Catino Mobley. Who looks so old now. Why does he look like that? He looks yo, so old. He doesn't play old, though. No. <laughs> but what happened? He just looks like. First of all, I love all of that stuff. Like, it, like all of the big three stuff. Mm-hmm. Like watching those old guys still get it in and play. Yeah, it's funny because um, we were just uh, training Shamari Ponza the other day. We were at Basketball City, and Mahmoud Abdul Raouf. We got to, we got a chance to see him. He was working uh, out. Uh, he was pressure. still killing, right? Um, at fifty two, that's what I want to look like. Yeah. You know, like I want to be. You know, still hooping. Still a, you know, precision shooter, you know, where I can, you know, oh, you know, that's back rim. That's a swish. You know, there's a little bit of front rim. Was he training for the big three? Uh, no, he was he was actually working out precious. It was a draft. It was the draft day. Right, 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 it was right, actually right. draft day. Yeah, shout out to him going to the Miami Heat. But yeah, no, definitely. Like I said, those guys, I was always a big sports guy. Well, so, you know, baseball back then, I was a lot more into as far as like the players little bit of hockey, then I haven't gravitated so much towards the hockey stuff. But uh, basketball, obviously, like a connoisseur, mm. you know, of the sport. You know, it's funny because, like, kids, I'm training kids, and they're like, can you ask us some new age stuff about the?" And I'm like, nah, like, y'all should know the old stuff, They don't too, know nothing, you know? man. <laughs> I remember Mike the other day. Some of know, them surprised me, though. I won't lie about listen, that. Listen, man, they always play this drill music, and I'm like, I, it's drilled in my head, pretty much. <laughs> Pop smoke every day, all no, day, like... I feel like he's more alive than ever. Right. Right. Rest in rest in peace, obviously. So, but yeah. man, that that dude is just ringing yeah. everywhere. But we lost a lot of greats right now right. during this time. It's really crazy. Yeah. So Mike, one day on Saturday, he puts on some Jay Z. I'm like, Yo, I forgot all about this. 
this sounds this is comprehensible. Yeah. Like I understand what he's saying. Yeah. You know, back to what you were saying that you went to prep school in Maine. I'm sure that was such a jarring experience coming from Texas. Yes. And then going to uh especially like the winter. Oh my god. Listen, goodness. if anyone knows anything about Maine, it is one of the most beautiful states. Beautiful. The air is so crisp. So crisp, the, so clear. The, the night sky. It's beautiful. Oh, the stars. And then even like, in the winter, when when the, the snow is OD, sometimes you'll see these little pockets in between yeah. the roads where they're playing hockey. It's like, yo, this is amazing, an amazing place to probably grow up. Talk about your experience over there going to prep school. So it was totally different. So I'm coming from Texas. Um, mind you, Dallas, there's like... You know, we get like light little dustings. You know, my joke is you always you throw a red solar cup of ice out in the street and school's canceled, you know, type of thing. And then I'm going to Maine where it's like, okay, now this snow is like up to my thigh. Like I, I gotta get new boots. Like these boots ain't working. These <laughs> these ain't the ones, you know. Mind you, uh the way the campus is set up, like you you literally walk up a hill, like going to class. So it's like at the very top of the hill is the practice facility. So I remember, you know, guys sliding down the hill, you know, guys from Florida, first time seeing black ice. And it's like, oh, that's a patch of ice? It's not. <laughs> yeah. And then just eating it, like, all the way down the hill. Like, wow. <laughs> um, literally, like, one of the things that uh, that the coach does is, is, like, he, like, rounds us up. And it's like, this is the first time I ever did team bonding in this, this type of manner. It was... Um, it was like he uh, circles us all up and he calls two people out and you literally wrestle your teammate in the snow. Like you wrestle him in the snow. It's like no one won. Whoever touched the snow first just lost. Like your body couldn't fight the guy that was fighting you. And, you know, he's like wrestling you, slamming you down into the snow. It's like your body's in shock because all you have is a practice jersey. This also sounds super illegal now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, don't don't don't. No, nah, it's, it's, it's we're we're old. So um, even then, I always heard like these crazy pranks in these. Was there ever a, a what's the craziest prank that has ever happened in a prep All school right. for you? So craziest prank that ever happened in prep school was first of all we got in a lot of trouble uh, <laughs> just because you have there's nothing else to do so literally like you're taking the time out to focus completely. I was a guy that was already like eligible. I got sent there from a sign with Southern Mississippi out of out of high school. And uh, so they sent me to prep school. So basically the craziest thing that, that I experienced is like these battles that we had with the, the football team is like, first of all, there's like 52 guys on the football team. There's like, you know, 15 of us on the basketball team if we're lucky, you know. So it's like we got to travel in packs. It's like when they see us, it's just kind of like, you know, just some on-site rough housing, you know, nothing too crazy. And they're the football team. Yeah, you know, they're the football team, you know. So we're not going out like, you know, we we got to hold our own. So we just make sure we travel in packs, you know. And, you know, every now and again you get hit in the head with a pizza box and then a guy, oh, you know, like kind of tackles you out of nowhere. But it was all in good fun. It was just like, you know, some rough housing just to – kind of get you through like you know everything that everyone's experiencing all of those guys were all post-grad guys most guys first years away from like home really so first time experiencing that stuff just finding ways to bond in different types of ways a lot of those guys I'm still cool with still chop it up with you know um here and there 
So yeah, it's definitely a, a different type of experience, but um, I, I enjoy every minute of it. Um, it helped me grow immensely as a person. Aside from that, you know, just experiencing that stuff. Yeah, and uh, doing a lot of things for myself on my own at that time. You know, yeah. I mean, obviously, you get some family support for sure. Um, my family's great with that, and always has been. Yeah. So just even to, to bring that point further, I went to a preppish type school in Uniondale because my parents wouldn't let me go to Uniondale. It's funny. <laughs> and I, I talked to Andre about that. Like I ended up going to school in Uniondale, but I wasn't allowed to go to Uniondale. And then I'm sure you met Coach Diana, right? Absolutely. OK, did. so Coach Diana was my sixth grade gym teacher. And then the next year he ended up going to Uniondale High School. And it's funny to be like the first year of him teaching uh, in the school system was my sixth grade. What year did you graduate? Uh, Grand Avenue or high school? High school. High school, 99. 99. Yeah, okay, so cool. I remember when I first made varsity, and he's like, I, Coach D, I, I ended up doing a scrimmage on the girls' side. And he's like, oh, you made varsity? Congratulations. I can't wait to yell with you. And I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I found that one when I re- <laughs> when I reffed him. Because he, yo, one time he yelled at me, saying some wildness. And I was, I was like, yo, like, yo, my gym teacher, man. Right? You Why are you acting like that you to me? me? He did not care. <laughs> And then right after the game, he was like, good job. I was like, good job. Oh, like, wow. just, I was yeah. beads of sweat. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone in Uniondale, right? Not everybody's able to separate that, no. you know? The, the whole crowd <laughs> was like, yo, yo, Ralph is reffing, yo. Chill, what you doing out here? You reffing now? What, what's going on? I was like, I can't. I got to stay professional. Right. But So just talk about your, um, your whole journey on the collegiate level. What was that like? Like I said, coming out of prep school, uh, we got a chance to win a NEPSAC championship. Played in the national tournament. Uh, actually played in uh, Hassan Whiteside first round. So we were like an A seed going into the national tournament. Hassan's team was Patterson Prep. They were like a number one. Played them first round. Kind of got them up out of there. We ended up losing to Tilton, which was like Alex Oriaki and Jamal Coombs McDaniel at the time. So they were both like UConn commits, obviously. Our NEPSAC, our actual division, we actually won. Like, that was like St. Thomas More, uh, South Kent, uh, some of those guys, which is crazy because Andre now trains Isaiah Thomas. So I graduated high school in 08, and prep school was 09. So the year before I got to prep school, Isaiah Thomas was in that same league, like killing it before he went to Washington. And, uh, yeah, it's just crazy how small, like, the basketball world gets as, as you continue to go and grow. But yeah, so that um, ended up not going to Southern Miss University. Uh, they pulled their offer at the end, signed some other kid. Um, I ended up going to University of Tampa. So they were a school that had kind of stuck with me throughout the process. And it was like, you know, if anything happens or falls through, it's like, we want to be here. So that was like my next thing. My mom lived in Tampa. So that was a big reason as to why I kind of gravitated towards down there after being away from home and, you know, Maine for so long, it wasn't even that long. Nine months felt like a long time. For, oh, it feels a long time you if know? you're from Texas and you go to Maine, 100%. <laughs> it felt like a long time. So, yeah, that was, um, I ended up going to University of Tampa. Funny how I got that offer. I actually was in high school. I got selected for an all-star game, and they played in universe, in uh, Tampa University's um, gym. So, Literally, I got, like, co-MVP of that. It was some guy named uh, Dewan Graham. 
he was going to LSU. I'm looking at this guy warm up, and he's like going through the legs, and I'm like, oh nah, he's different. Like <laughs> looking at it, and um, I ended up killing that game. Like had like 22 in the first half. Like just shot it real well. Got a couple dunks, you know. Um, and yeah, they just kind of offered me right on the spot. Um, and that offer just kind of stuck throughout. So um, I'm big, like you know, into like loyalty type of thing, you know, and that that kind of resonated with me. The coach that actually brought me in, still friends with him to this day. He actually ended up leaving like the next year afterwards. That whole situation was kind of tough for me. At the end of it, kind of left on a little bit of a bitter note. I experienced like a, a racial profiling thing actually on on the campus where some teachers actually sent my photo around campus saying that I had stole like some laptops and stuff like this. And I was like, what? Like I was in class. Like you can, you know, check the check, check the times, like, you know, check my attendance. Like I'm, I was in class and it was funny because basically all security did was like do like a uh, scan of all the cameras at a time, like a timestamp pretty much. And, um, the guy that actually ended up doing this, they bring in, they finally catch the guy later, and he's like, the kid's like 5'7", bro, like 5'9". You know, he just had on a white T-shirt and some black shorts. And I'm like, this is me? Okay. You know? But, yeah, aside from that, academics kind of slipped, fell for me. Just, like I said, experiencing a lot of stuff and decided to kind of part ways from the university and, you know, pursue my education elsewhere. But like I said, um, I've, I've been back there since. And those, the people that were there are great. You know, the experience of itself is unfortunate. So like anybody experiencing anything like that is like, I wanted to, you know, be able to help someone through, you know, some times and stuff like that, that we're experiencing. Cause I just remember what that, what that felt like for me. And just like, you know, I, I probably looked real crazy to a lot of people, you know, doing the stuff that I was doing. It's just like I'm not really processing this stuff. Right. You know, and it's like I, I have you have a reactive response to traumatic events. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're not fully aware of that. Type and, of stuff. and you were a lot younger, too. Oh, so. absolutely. You know, um, prep school, even with prep school, 19, 19 year old freshman, you know, coming into uh, into school. So, you know, just a lot. Of stuff to experience but you know I thank God for all of the experiences honestly because they shaped me and they mold me for you know the person that I am today and I, like I said you know every day of your life has prepared you for today and that's really something that I like live by honestly. So I'm, I'm seeing what you're talking and, and I can see the Dowling College Obviously, you have a lot of pride in it because, like, first of all, my high school, that's how I feel about it. Like, even I went to Hofstra for the longest time. I went to LIU Brooklyn, but I still claim my high school because it means a lot. How the hell did you end up in Long Island? Uh, so, my girlfriend at the time at University of Tampa was um, a girl by the name of Melissa Vanderhall. She was, like, a volleyball All-American, a little older than me. So, like, when she graduated, she obviously moved back home. She was from here? From, yeah, Uniondale. Okay. Uniondale. See, she's in the Uniondale Hall of Fame. You know, she's out there. <laughs> see, <laughs> I, 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 I coach with, volleyball. I, I mess know. with Union. You know, I mess with the Uniondale people. I Y'all are my people. I'm, I'm, I'm in there. I'm in there. So, um, 
honorary Uniondale Knight. <laughs> but um, yeah, so no, gravitated back up here. Ended up going to Suffolk for a couple semesters. Dowling, how I got to Dowling is literally from Export Gym. So, like I said, me and Andre used to be hooping all the time. Like I'm, you know, trying to get into the hoop community, find out where everybody's going. You know, you found out that two a.m. runs are over there, right? Two a. I would have been. I'm there for all of the runs. Like I I might get there at you know two and then you know leave at two a.m. You know, type of thing. And then you know, all the while, my girlfriend's like, "Yo, you no way you at the gym this all the time? I'm I'm been at the gym. I'm hooping. Yeah, literally. Um, the guy just got off the phone with from he's now in Connecticut, Leon Taylor. He's a Southside product. Hooping against him, and he's like. Yeah, like I'll I'll hook you up, bro. Like, come to the school, get you a tryout. You know, literally, hoop for the coach one day, and he's just like, okay, like you are clearly a scholarship guy, and uh, we don't have the money to fully scholarship you. And he tried to like send me to Bridgeport, and I'm like, nah. You know what I'm saying? I'm really into it heavy with my girl at the time, and I'm like, I'm just trying to make it work right here. You know, mm. <laughs> like do what you can for me. Mm. Which is funny because um, I love those guys so much. DCMB, man. We 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 ended up having a pretty good seasons um, that I was there where under Coach Hain. Number one in the ECC, you know, had the little News 12 joint coming to practice. You know, they checking us out. Which is funny because um, actually at Tampa, we also, I also, on the team that I was on, we also set a record there, like the best start in like University of Tampa history. So it's like good chemistry. I'm so thankful for that. Good chemistry really kind of followed me. So as far as like winning that prep school championship, it's like I always was able to kind of get along and as far as like teammates and stuff goes, you know, maybe coaches not all, you know, it was some growth that needed to be done there in order to get that. And which is funny because now I'm on that other side of it. So I, I see so much of that, um, that other stuff, but yeah, definitely thankful for, you know, all of those experiences for sure. So after you wrapped up your co-college experience, which was a crazy amounts of twists and turns, and, and I think about just the kids that you train, you probably have such a holistic approach because you've been through so many unique experiences, whether it's negative or positive, which ended up all being positive because, you know, you could really sit down to a kid and if he has issues, you can go like, well, I've been through that. So yeah. hopefully you won't have to go through that. <laughs> but after you ended up, yeah. you know, wrapping up your college career, um, what what was basketball to you? Like, what what was the next step for you to, to stay involved in the game? It was not um, an, an immediate transition for me it, onto the other side of basketball. So I did try to, like, you know, go overseas, play and hoop. Ended up, you know, uh, playing in um, Mexico. Did a couple little stints down there. Other than that, I remember once I moved back to Dallas, that was when I started to do like more of the training side of things. So like on a serious note type of thing, I like always was kind of doing like little coaching stuff right. and, you know, training so, kids here and there doing camps, Island Garden. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Island. funny that you say that because I really feel as though when you're in that situation of training and you were talking about just it being serious, just because like you still want to play. Yeah. So that whole duality of saying like, you want to play, but you want to train, and you can't really give either of them attention. They're both pulling you, even though it's the same game. Right. You got to, like, kind of commit to one of them in order for you to be, like, really successful. And especially, like, with the playing thing. Like, 
I mean, you could train yourself, right. but if you're training other people, it's like you're, you're it's like going away. Once from you start playing, and <laughs> it's funny, it's like you start playing, it's and drug. it's like, you know, I shut up, like I stopped teaching. I'm like, no, <laughs> I remember, I remember. So when I first started refing, I was still playing heavy. Yeah. I was playing the hop too heavy, 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 heavy. Yeah, and um, I just remember somebody's like, "Yo, we got two games tonight, eight nine. You want to ref?" And I'm like. Nah, I'm gonna go play ball. You're like, you wanna play ball? Right. Why? Don't exactly. you wanna make money? I'm like, nah, yeah. I wanna now play you, ball. Now you're taking the money out your pocket. Now you're I'm like, like I, you gotta pick one. <laughs> yeah. And then and then just to bring that all full circle, somebody's like, yo, you wanna play? Uh we're playing on Friday nights at town. I'm like, I we have no interest in playing yeah. at all. Like none. <laughs> so what was that moment that made you go, like, you know what, I'm gonna lock in on this training? I mean, it was uh it was really a transition. I do remember getting a pro offer while I was in Dallas. Not going to lie. It was really like, all right. So once Melissa kind of passed away, like my kind of, my purpose, my purpose changed as far as that stuff goes. Like I, I, I stopped, I guess, seeking things from a selfish type of standpoint. Like I really want to get this done. I want to do this for my, you know, and it was just like about helping other people she really kind of passed away in a um in a gruesome type of manner so it was like it was um it was a tough spot for me so basically i'll just share the a quick like synopsis of it the house obviously i was living in with them while i was here attending dowling college her mom her and her best friend passed away her brother actually committed the murders so it really changed my perspective just completely on life. And it's been, it's something that's like always hard for me to talk about, but mm-hmm. it's like, uh, it's, it's, I find it so necessary just to like, you know, if you can say things out loud, then um, they don't really have the same type of, you know, mental hold on you. And it's, it's, it's something that I'm working on, but um it, it's never, it's something that never gets comfortable saying, right? you know, and it's, it's like, I say it and I still don't believe it sometimes. You I know? get you. But yeah, no, definitely changed my perspective and the things that I wanted to pursue as far as out of life at that time. So like I said, I'm really a person that is advocating on, you know, leaving the world better than how I found it, you know, however I possibly can. So it's like, you know, I try to do that. Every day as best I can, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's really kind of what, what shifted my per- perspective and shaped me to just kind of go on the mentoring, teaching side of things, you know? Yeah, like it was like, uh, it's like either you're going to like, you know, step away from it or you're just going to gravitate towards all the things that make you feel great as a person, kind of combine them and put them together. It's like when we tell people now, it's like, okay, you you have a basketball training company. Yeah, but we're also like mental health advocates. So it's like, how does that go together? You know, you know, and it's just like, you know, teaching people life skills and equipping them better than I w- was equipped to deal with certain things at the times that they were happening. You know, whether it's, you know, death of a loved one or, you know, racial profiling or whatever it is that it might be, you know, uh, just trying to let other people know that it's okay. And what you, and it's also okay not to be okay, you know, and what you're experiencing is not, 
it, it can seem lonely, like like no one's ever experienced the things that you've ever experienced. But it's like you got to get out of your head, you know, because your mind is so it can take you on that tangent to where you think that, oh, I'm alone. You know, I don't have support or, you know, no one's ever experienced what I'm feeling. And I think that, that that's so important, even even if it's not on that magnitude, you know, even if it's just like, oh, I'm I'm really good at this. And, and it's funny because. Dre's always like making fun of me like oh well he's got the patience to deal with this like you you go talk to him you know it's like but it's just it's a matter of meeting people on their journey wherever they are right so it's like if I fall and I scrape my knee right now and I haven't experienced that or anything similar to that and I feel like broken as a person it's it's still kind of the same thing even though the magnitude of the event itself like the things that I'm feeling or experiencing seem real to me in my mind so it's like taking the time out to meet the person on where they are at their journey because you remember where you were, you know? Yeah, I completely get that. And, you know, I'll just shit as you take a step to me, and I thank you for sharing that story. I saw my mom pass away, and it was around this time, almost 10 years ago, where she told me that she had um, pneumonia. Mm. And then maybe like a week later, she said she had stage four lung cancer. Wow. And at the time, I didn't deal with any type of cancer thing. And, you know, I think when I see people, they go through, you know, similar stories of like, my mom has terminal cancer. I don't know what to do. And they're panicking completely. Yeah. And I feel as though, just like when you said, some people, they try to suppress that feeling. Yeah. They try not to speak on it. Mm-hmm. But I feel as though, even though it's a tough time for me to just say it out loud, and obviously I'm, you know, I'm just kind of at peace with it. Yeah. I coexist with the pain. I don't think you'll ever be the same. You right. just kind of just hold it with you. Yeah. But I feel like when you can commiserate with other people, it makes it okay. Yeah. You know, and it makes it okay that, that okay, wow, you're, you're willing to speak to it. Right. I, I'll share you something that I normally... Hold back. And I think that's that's really how it starts. It festers in you. Mm-hmm. And then it brings you to that dark place. And like we talked about before, you you are what your what your thoughts are. Right. So if you think you're alone, you will be alone. Yeah. If you think that you can't if you if you think you're sad and you can't talk about right. it, that's what's gonna happen. But if you say, like, well, yeah, my mom died, like, oh I, I, you know, I feel feel real sorry for your loss. Like, yeah. you don't gotta be sorry. You, right. you ain't got nothing to do with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, at some point when you keep talking about it like that, it took me about four or five years to be like, Oh wow! I, I remember when she used to annoy us and go to Lord and Taylor and, and just like we be in we be in the car like yo like hurry up and yeah. I remember the first time I laughed about that I was like wow that's the first time I didn't think about like my mom dead and think right. of it like in fond memories and I'm sure you could do the same thing with Melissa but yeah. you know that's that's really cool that you shared that story um, you know you talked about you being a mentor now and uh, obviously they can lean on you if, if they have some difficulties some trials and tribulations within their life I want to give you the opportunity to just you know shout out your mentors who they are what they've done for you and how do you think they've shaped the way you've helped people now after you, now that they consider you a mentor? This guy, D. Jamel Jackson, which is funny that I'm on a podcast because we were doing one pretty consistently when I was in Dallas. And he was a guy that really helped me through, like I said, that those tough times, those tough moments, really getting a chance to kind of speak to someone. <laughs> like he would, it's funny. He would always tell me, he's like, bro, there's nothing wrong with you. You just need friends. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's just like, you know, like, like getting outside of yourself, you right. know? And I said, not isolating yourself, you know, and, and, and the willingness to just be open with someone. And he's a guy that got me like started reading more books. I got a book in there, right? I got probably two books right now that he told me to go get, you know, or snag back then. Like Celestine Prophecy. What else do I got? Um, Isaiah Austin's uh, Dream Again is another good book that I got. 
but yeah, man, um, Andre, Andre, it's funny because it's funny how like you look at your friends and, and I just remember who, you know, he started out as and the person that he's, you know, developed and grown to be is like, we've helped each other through so much stuff. And it's just like, it's been so much. And I look at him now and sometimes he just sits back and he starts talking and he's saying stuff. And, you know, then he looks at me and he's like, uh, you know, is there anything you want to add? And I'm like, nah, my brother, like you, you got it. Like you on point now. Like I, I love it. So um, just to see that growth in him as a person is just like so exciting and just feeling like, you know, I had, you know, a little bit of something to do with that, you know, and, and you know, lead him and on his journey. Um, my parents, though, you know, for sure, I feel like they did a great job instilling, you know, some great values in me from a, a, a young age that allowed me to overcome a lot of adversity. You know, you know, people tell me all the time, like, you know, unless a person wouldn't have made it through some of the stuff that you've been through. And I'm like, you know, I, I believe that they could, you know, if they were equipped with the tools or, you know, they had a good support system. I have four sisters. They're all great. Uh, my Probably my youngest sister, she she helped me a lot, Gerilyn, through, like, uh, the Melissa situation ordeal. And it's so funny because, like, people people say things to you in certain lights sometimes, and it's just like they just kind of feel the heaviness of a moment. And, you know, sometimes just these beautiful things come out of people, whether it's words or, you know, feelings or just actions or whatever you they never really know how much their words resonate with those people you know and how much it helped them to get through through moments candace murray so candace <laughs> candace is was actually um she was involved in the incident she's like melissa's best friend one of her best friends and uh just the strength that she has like to continue on like you know it's like they were such a close, tight-knit group. And I remember being on, like, the other side of it, you know, being, like, the boyfriend, like, yeah, come spend time with me, not that, you know? Like, and then it's, like, we've developed this, like, literally, she's become, like, another one of my sisters. Yesterday was actually her birthday. Shout out to her. She posted, like, uh, just a reflection and just, like, and how she's happy to be here now and, like, you know, overcoming her own adversity. She's She's someone that I'm so thankful for as a person, just for what she, who she is and what she represents and, you know, her strength and, and resilience. So um, definitely her as well. How do you think they shaped the way you've helped people after you? You know, you, you, you take, you take a little bit from everybody, you know, and it, it helps with your own balance. It's crazy. Even the people that you lose, it's like, you never really lose them. Like just because it's like when you know someone on a certain level deeply, it's like, in the moments that you like really need them, it's like you could really channel that person, I feel like, and be like, okay, what would they say to me right now in this moment, in this time and space, you know? Like, and and it would be something that's going to be on par. Like, I feel like you could definitely do that, like, with your mom. Like, you know, it's like you got, you come to that crossroad and you're like, you know, which way do I go? And it's like, here comes the little angel on your shoulder and they're trying to, you know, whisper something in your ear and 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 I promise that that is like you know the advice that you that you find yourself leaning on mm. a lot of the time so sure you nobody's gonna get in trouble because I feel like this is always like yo man I thought I was your mentor 
Uh, What's the deal with that? You listen, ain't, you ain't. If I forgot to say you, it is all love. It, you have definitely provided something. I always take something away from people. You know, I'm always the guy that's analyzing, you know, overthinking, if you want to call it that. You know, uh, every 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 tidbit, every situation, I try to be, you know, as detail-oriented yeah. as I can See, be. See, I'm always scared about people like you because I remember last week I was talking to Andre. I'm like, what the hell is this guy thinking? Because every time when I speak, I'm like... Yeah, everyone thinks I'm a used car salesman, for sure. <laughs> I'm just talking crazy. And then when I see somebody that's tall, it's like, just staring at me. I'm like, oh, damn, it's, yeah, I'm off. <laughs> nah, I'm just, you know, I'm the, I'm the quiet guy, if anything. Then you get me on something like this, and here I am talking up a storm, right? There you go. There you go. That's that's what we're here for. Um, so just with the training part, and now that you've co- combined with Andre, uh, you use both of your talents to make Impact One. You know, I'm really appreciative that I've been involved just even somehow some way of, you know, getting your stories out and just you know being able to film, being able to do some podcasts and and all those things. You know, what what, what do you see yourselves with the combining of the future? And what, what made you guys like say, you know, I do this and you do this. Like, let's let's get involved and let's do this together. What what was that moment? Like I said, that was probably um, us taking the time out to go to Uniondale and plan our event. And it was like. Our, our respective companies at the time, you know, they wanted us where we were at, you know, as far as like, you know, Pick Up USA, they wanted me to, you know, be all in and there. And, you know, it's like taking, oh, well, I'm taking the time out to do this here, you know, and it's like we met that kind of friction. And it's like, uh, it's like we're not the people that you want to like push into like. I don't know. I don't know if it's a Pisces thing or what, bro. But it's like, like yeah. If I can't build my dream while I'm like trying to help you build yours, then it's like, okay, well, maybe I've outgrown this, you know, and this is what I really need to do. But it's like feeling that purpose that we felt in that event, it was just like it was a it was a given, like, oh, okay, it's time. Like this is what we need to do. Mm-hmm. And that's that those are the feelings that we try to chase and recreate every day. Like when we're like speaking or talking to people or, you know, training kids. Um, it's just being impactful as we possibly can and hopefully setting that ripple effect into place to you know whoever they meet taking the time out to you know extend the olive branch so i know you do a a, a different myriad of different kids so even just like if you if a kid wanted to make you know really get good at dribbling or want to make a varsity team or get to the collegiate level or even be a pro yeah what are your favorite parts of of what you do and on the training side the same thing as um, the mental health stuff is is being able to get them to grow outside maybe a limit that they put on themselves. When it's like, oh, okay, I just want to make the team. All right, now you're a starter. It's like, now what? You know, like re reassess those goals now, right? You've, you've pushed yourself beyond what you thought you were capable of. Now what are you going to do? You know? And it's just like, you know, keeping that driving force in them to continue to recreate positive goals and push themselves beyond what they think they're capable of doing. The same thing is like, uh, you know, mentally, it's like, oh, I could never be nice to that person or, you know, like I could never sit down and have a conversation with them because they think this way. And I think so many people have to take the time out to just do a better job of that. You know, it's like, you know, putting differences aside and 
like I said, meeting people where they are on on their journey. Yeah, you know, and and just kind of making them more conscious and right. aware. Right. In in certain moments. I talk to so many people, like I, I guess I consider myself a podcast trainer because somebody will say like, well, I don't have the same vocabulary as me, but like, you're not going to have the same show as me. Right. Or, you yeah. know, I don't, I don't know if I can carry a conversation like that. It's like, I don't know what to tell you if you keep thinking that way. Right. But why you keep thinking, I'm probably going to publish 14 by the time you get to the same conclusion that you want to do it. Right. So to me, it's like, oh, this is the advice that I always give somebody. If you want to do it, listen. Just because I know NBA refs, that don't mean I'm going to be a ref in the NBA. Right. That don't mean nothing. Right. Just because I know Andre and and, and Tex, like, does that mean that I'm going to make? No, it, you still got to do what you need to do. And the same thing with the podcast. Just because you got a roadcaster and you got all these fancy mics. Right. You still got to record. Right. And you still got to fill up that time. The so quality of your content. What I always try to tell people, own, yeah. you got an iPhone, right? Yeah. It's a voice memo app. Yeah. Press record and talk. Yeah. Get used to it. Get yeah. used to just filling out that time. And then we can start talking about the microphones. <laughs> then we can start talking about right. the other equipment. Right. Right. And, you know, I think when people start thinking about just, you know, there's one thing to be in the NBA, but then there's another thing like, are you willing to do what it takes to and stop there. thinking about the NBA? Right. Start thinking about working hard yeah. until it it, you leave yourself no doubt that you're going to make right. the NBA. And it's, it's really taking the time out to fall in love with the process. Right. The process of becoming better. And it's like, you got to let go of all of the outside stuff. It do take a while to get fall in love with the process, though. Oh, no. It I, I'll, I'll admit does. that. It definitely does. The process is not fun in the beginning. But right. you know, I will say that all the, all the drudgery at some mm-hmm. point is like, yo, I'm in this. I like this. Right. I feel like I'm getting better. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I think when... It's like that sweet spot. And, and that's when, that's why people you like you and I are good at what we do. Cause I'm like, this is normal. Right. This is what you have to go through. Right. Seeing you know? the results, yeah. gauging your results yeah. against others, yeah. you know, it's whether, whatever it is, but it's like, you know, healthy competition, right? you know, to where it's, you know, pushing you to do better or you look at another podcast and you're like, mm, I want to get to that, that point, you know, yeah. and that's what I'm pushing towards. But it's like, okay, now I'm going back to my process in whatever that is and I'm refining the actions that I'm taking like okay how can I do this how can I get better at this and like I said it's taking the time out to be very detail oriented and like push yourself and hold yourself accountable and I do that I do that in you know for a lot of my friends mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're it's funny <laughs> he's like Dre's always like oh, you need an accountability partner Huge tags. <laughs> so it's like everybody's got their own little superpowers, man. You know, it's just like activating them, taking the time out to just like be honest about who it is that you are and, you know, being more of that. And, you know, if there's uh, weaknesses or something that you struggle with, it's, you know, putting them in the process as well and taking the time out to refine them and get better at those as well. There's no limits. Don't no unless unless you put them on yourself. And of course, imperfect action will always trump perfect inaction because imper- imperfect action will have, you'll have something. Yeah. Right. So if, if your podcast sucks and you put it out there, I respect you way more than somebody that has a great idea that did nothing. Nothing. Yeah. But zero. Back to the training as opposed to playing basketball. How much do you think training has helped you play basketball and vice versa? And also, how much do you think that training has hurt playing basketball? Or do you think it doesn't um, at all? Okay, so pros and cons. Um, 
I don't play as much, so I can't play for as long, but I'm very efficient when I do play. <laughs> so you play Tim Duncan Last Legs uh, 2015 swag. <laughs> a little better than that when I'm fresh, you know, <laughs> but, uh, no, it's just, you take a different approach. I definitely look at the game totally different now. I love it the way that I look at the game. I would say that looking at the game differently, I don't know. I just, you just look at it differently. You pick and choose your spots. It, you know what? It, it, it's like you, you take, you also take the pressure off of yourself even though I believe that pressure is like a figment of your own imagination, but it's like when you're just going out there and you're playing, like you play the best that you play when you're not thinking about it and you're just going out there to hoop and play. It's like, I'm not, I'm not pushing for nothing. It's like, just, I don't know, a sense of freedom, just like letting go. Like I'm just, you know, trying to get cardio in or whatever, you know, it's not like, it's a that's, that's where you're at. You're just trying to get cardio. in. that's always like the, the main, like adult Lego. Well, well I'm Listen. not, I'm a little over the hill, so I'm just trying to get my cardio in. And then it's like when it turns up, I was like, oh, okay. So it's not just cardio now, huh? <laughs> you know, it's definitely not. You know, I'm, I'm still going to be competitive right. and give the game its ultimate mm-hmm. respect because I appreciate so much what basketball has done for me as far as giving me a driving purpose, you know, underlying. It's, it's been so much for me, you know, like a safe haven. You know, I, I remember being in college, sending six hours in the gym before two hour practice, you know, like taking those, you know, so it's like I play free, but you know, I'm still competitive. Like I'll just, you know, I'll talk a little trash here and there, you know, just to, you know, fuel it and, and, and make sure everybody's kind of pushing to be at their best still. But I'm just saying like, it's the freedom of it, you know, just in just playing at the, the pure, the purity, Mm. that's what it is. Mm. You know, just it being, you know, just from a pure basketball you know, a guy that loves it, you know, and the competition and the little banter. And but the ultimate pro is that you've been through it. You've been through so many good things and bad things that now you can imbue that wisdom to all of these young athletes that you're training because you go like, oh, I've been through that or I've been through something similar. So yeah. you can push through that and it makes it more genuine yeah. in saying like, okay, not only is this person not just saying, oh, it's going to be okay. It's like, yeah. oh, he just told me something real, which is <laughs> not nearly as bad right. as what I'm going through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you you can never make up, you know, the real life experience is what it is. Yeah. You know, uh, there's one thing to say, like scenarios. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, the hypotheticals and actually going through the trenches mm-hmm. or something is is two completely different things. So every day has prepared me for today. Mm. And I definitely believe that. After everything you said, what do you think of the attributes? What do you think it took to get to where you are at this moment in time as a trainer? Patience. Patience is a big thing, man. I don't know why, but that's like resonating with me so much just because just being on the journey and it's like, you know, sometimes not getting paid to do stuff and you're just like trying to build a resume and do certain things and, you know, everything. I was put in situations where, I don't know, I was just put in situations that I'm just thankful for that that helped build me and grow me faster than I I realized they were doing. Like I said, um, even in Dallas, like we had a um, uh, Yogi Ferrell. I got a chance to train him when he was on the Mavericks. I remember that. He reminded me of Rodrick Boboa. Remember that man? I was like, oh man, this guy's on the team. He's not getting no burn. <laughs> but he had a crazy. So Yogi, it was crazy when we were training him. He was doing like midnight workouts. You know, we're going to like the math facility, doing stuff with him. 
I remember like him having like a li- like for Dallas, like he had like a mini two week span where he was just on fire, like mm-hmm. like like Jeremy Lin in New York. Like I like how you like <laughs> like your Asian friend. That's how that's how he that's how he just hit me. All nah, right, I didn't hit you like that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but but definitely like. Uh, like he had a, a hell of a week, you know. He's like hitting like nine threes. I remember that. Was that like four years ago? Yeah. Around, the, I remember that. Yeah, so it was we like were play, some, NBA Player of the Week or something right. like that. Yeah, 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 I remember. Yeah, so we were like, and you know, the the Mavs go on a little winning streak, and they ended up signing him and getting a contract, and it's just like, you know, that's that's a guy taking full advantage of his moment, no matter how long that lasts or whatever, right. you know, how sustainable it is or whatever. It's just like he was a guy that worked. You know, like relentlessly, like not during that, like he's still going back to the process and refining his actions. You know, like it's not getting too high or too low or caught up in the hype or just, you know, toting that line and staying, you know, loyal to to what what got you there, you know. And and you never really know when that work is going to show up, Mm. you know, Mm. you never really know when it's going to hit, you know, it's like. You just never know, that's, man. No, like, I hit a game winner against Dowling. I mean, against uh, Malloy. You know, I didn't know I was going to do that. I just, you know, that's I'm, just a culmination of you just doing what you're doing, doing what I'm yeah. doing. You know, mm-hmm. you know. Shout out to John Petroselli. <laughs> <laughs> yo, same thing. Like everyone's like, yo, how did you get good at doing podcasts? And I'm like, you know what? I've been listening to podcasts for 10 years and I found like this is a narrating one and this person's real good at this type of guest and this right. is what a radio station sounds like. And you, find and so, you know, niche. when you start doing it, you're like, right. Oh, shoot. And I like this. I'm gravitating more towards this yeah. side of things as opposed to something. You else. know what I heard yesterday? Um, there was this young lady that we had a podcast with and she goes to North Carolina and she was like, yeah, my, my roommate is taking this podcasting class. I was like, podcasting class. Yeah. This is how things are getting crazy. But, you know, back to you. What do you think it's going to take to get to where you want to go? And ultimately, where do you want to go as a trainer? Oh, man. I'm just so happy to be doing the work that I want to do. I just want to stay focused on keeping my energy as pure as I possibly can and just let the opportunities gravitate towards me as they continue to come. You know, I was just telling Dre the other day, I'm like, more so than anything for this next step that we're about to take is like, we just want to. Want to pray for discernment, you know, the the ability to identify the right people to take this next step with us in order to get to where we want to go. You know, it's not the materialistic anything, you know, and I feel like as long as we refine and keep our energy as pure as we possibly can and our intentions pure, things are going to work out for us and we'll end up. Exactly where we need to be. So just you've been through a lot of things as a player, but just on the training side, what do you think is the most stickiest situation that you've ever been with uh, in thus far? I don't even know. Yeah, you really take it day by day, I see. (laughs) You're just chilling. (laughs) Listen, man, I'm laid back. Nothing really bothers you, I see. I try not to get too rattled, bro. You know, I try not to get too rattled. I've been through a lot of stuff. (laughs) It's like sticky. I don't know. What What do we call sticky? I don't even know, bro. I couldn't even tell you. All right, let's let's go to uh, me. <laughs> what is the best moment that you've ever had as a trainer so far? Tomorrow? 
I, and I knew you were going to say that because I was like, okay, here we are with a top prospect. We have a player that used to play in the NBA. It's just regular. Right. It's just a regular day's work. Yeah. And I feel the same way too. Because it's just being able to separate, you know, you know the glitz from, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, people Listen, from who yeah. they are authentically. I appreciate know? that because, you know, like, I, I, know, I don't know about you, but like when people see me, they're like, oh, like they treat me like a celebrity. I don't like that. Yeah. I, that's not what I did this for. Right. I did this so everyone could speak. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm good at talking, so might as well combine right. that. And then, you know, now as I'm getting these more opportunities, they're like, yo, can I come? Like, right. Bro, what are we going sneaking you in in 4040? Right. You want me, Jay Z? <laughs> like, it's like, that's easy. so funny that you say that because I remember being, I remember being at, um, so at pickup, like, like one of my jobs is like, you know, like assistant general manager there. It was like, I had to like do kind of sales and stuff, you know, and it's like sometimes it just it just wasn't comfortable for me. I had to figure out like my own approach to make it like authentic for myself right. and still kind of get my job done type of thing. But, you know, it's like I had to take the time out to like really I don't want to call it bragging, but I like I had to let people know like where I've been and what I've done type of thing. And I've never been that type of person to be like. I trained the NBA pro, like, and now you're going to like, like, I'm not about to be, you know, it's like, I'm the quiet guy that's probably in the corner, you know, like just chilling, relaxing, you know, like yeah. if there's a moment where I feel like I can add value, then I want to, I want to be the one to say it, you know, yeah. I, I want what I say to you to resonate, you know, more so than anything. I was like, yeah, you know, small talk, you know, here and there, you know, but it's like, I'm not the guy that's going to be bragging and tell you my resume everywhere I go. And, you know, it's like I've done what I've done. I know who I am as a person. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, it yeah. is what it is, man. Listen, I always use this analogy when um, when Magic Johnson comes in the room. Yeah. He's definitely not wearing his rings. You know he's a champion. <laughs> that's a fact. You, you don't, he don't need to be like, so what What have you done? Like, you already know what he did. Right. And that's how I, that's how I carry myself. But, right. you know, funny you should say that day that when we were, when, we were do, when I was filming that training and you were doing it, I always have to tell people that are just like starting to come into the fold. Do not ask for autographs. Uh-huh. Don't act like he's a different, like he's a normal person. Right. You have to treat him that way. Yeah. All the only difference between you and him is that he worked mad hard to get to where he is. Yeah. And you do the same thing, mm-hmm. just not where he is yeah. in a different line of work. In a so, different line. Yeah. yeah. That's a fact. My final different question fact. to you, man, basketball has brought you so many places in this world. You've seen so many ups, so many downs. I mean, I'm just looking at the logo of impact one. It has so much impact for you mm-hmm. as one person. There's a basketball in the logo. What does basketball mean to you? What is it giving to you in your life? Ah, oh, man. Like I said, man, purpose. It's giving me purpose. Forever thankful for that. I, I can't even begin to tell you, you know, the amount of, of the magnitude of things that it's done for me. Much obliged to basketball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I completely agree. I mean, it's the same game that I love. And it connected us, even though I've never dribbled a basketball with you. <laughs> so I appreciate you. I'm looking forward to working with you on the professional level, too. Any final words you want to say before we part ways? Just take it easy, man. Enjoy the holiday. You know, be more of who you are. Yeah, man. Happy holidays. Happy Thanksgiving. For Jarrell Harris, Texas Two-Step, this is Ralph the Ref. This is The Ramp. We, oh, let me, let me say Impact One. Yes, sir. This is The Ramp. We're signing out. Peace. Peace.